For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. A statement from Jackson State University Vice President and Athletics Director Ashley Robinson. This time challenges all of us to rally together while maintaining our physical distance. The health and safety of our entire community is of paramount importance and outweighs our strong desire to play and cheer for the sports we love. As we struggle through these trying times, let's do our best to have each other's backs and motivate those who need a positive word. Furthermore, let's keep an eye on the future. Tiger fans, welcome to the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I'm your host, the Corey C., along with the co-pilot, Charles Bishop. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is the new offensive coordinator for Jackson State University, T.C. Taylor. Welcome to the show, Coach, and thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here right now. All right. So before we hear from T.C. Taylor, the coach, I want to talk to T.C. Taylor, the legendary Jackson State football player. You know, I was a big fan, and a lot of fans, you know, when they hear the name T.C. Taylor, the first thing they think about is the player, not the coach, right? They think about the the record-setting, you know, former quarterback turned wide receiver who, you know, set the season sequel record with 84 catches, over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, and was the 2001 Connolly Trophy runner-up to Eli Manning. So just talk to us about, you know, share some of your memories of your time at Jackson State as a player because you know the wide receivers who have come through Jackson State. So for you to have those, have that record, I know that's a big accomplishment. Right, and I think that's the thing that, I you know, it's always a shock to me when I sit back and think about some of the accomplishments I had there because I played with such great wide receivers while there. You think about Corey Bradford, uh, Sylvester Morris, you know, those guys went on to play in the NFL and for me to, come in there and uh, move from quarterback to receiver after um, my junior midway through my junior year and able to, you know, do the things that I did uh, at Jackson State. I mean, it's a great accomplishment, you know, something that I'll never forget. Coach, let me follow up on that and ask you this question. In terms of making that transition from quarterback to receiver, uh, you mentioned a, a couple of players uh, who uh, were there with you, but who kind of mentored you through that process? through that transition from quarterback to receiver? I, I just always watch how those, how those guys approach the game. You know, those names that I call, and there's some other guys. Uh, Daniel Guy was another one, you know, not a lot of people may remember, but he was another good one there. Um, and like I said, I just watch how Corey and Sylvester and a lot of those guys that were successful at Jackson State approached the game and, you know, and the, the respect they had for it. And, you know, I just wanted to do things the right way, be a good teammate uh, day in, day out, and, you know, it kind of paid off for me. You know, I worked my butt off, you know, once I, the, the trend, once they wanted to make the move 
to receiver with my with my, with my career and everything, and you know I just stayed with it. You know, and it, it, like I said, it kind of surprised me that it came so natural to me. You know, I never played a position mm-hmm. before. I think the last time I ever caught pass and was in Pee Wee playing tight end. <laughs> Other than that, I was playing quarterback all the way up to that point, and just to make that transition and have the success I did, it was huge. Nice. Coach, how was that conversation from 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 telling you quarterback to receiver? What did that conversation be like? Um, you know, Big uh, C, which was our offensive line coach, you know, he always thought I was just a great athlete. He used to tell me all the time. At that time, you know, uh, and Coach Asbury as well, Coach Shannon, all those guys that was around Judge, I always talk about, you know, that you know how good of an athlete I was and. You know, um, when Kit came in, Robert Kent, everybody knows him, you know, the record-setting quarterback when he came into the program. Um, we knew what he was capable of, and, you know, they wanted to make the move and thought I had a good future if, if I, I would move to the receiver position. And, you know, uh, like I said, midway through my junior year, uh, made that uh, transition, and, you know, the rest is history. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of transition, the way you transitioned from quarterback to receiver, you also transitioned from player to coach pretty seamlessly as well. So, first of all, congratulations on being named offensive coordinator at Jackson State. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big accomplishment. How does it feel to be the OC at your alma mater, and what can we expect from the offense next season? Oh, man, I mean, this this is phenom- uh, phenomenal right now, you know, to be able to say that I'm going to have to have the opportunity this fall to call plays for the school that I play, played at, you know. Um, I think a lot of the players that's there now, you know, got some decent players coming back, some good players that I think we can go out there and do some great things on the football field um, that I'm excited about. You know, at the quarterback position, we know all I know about Jalen, you know, what he brings to the table. And, you know, we got a good group of receivers coming back as well as the offensive line that I think they're still growing and getting better day by day. So I'm definitely excited about the whole process of, you know, getting the opportunity to come back and call plays here this year. Um, offensively, we're just going to move the tempo. You know, we're going to try to move the tempo, not saying that, you know, we were bad offense last year, but, um, we're just going to try to move a little faster, be a little more efficient in the red zone. And I think we could be better on early downs, you know, first and second down, getting getting more positive plays on first and second down. I think that that, that can lead to more, uh, you know, positive outcomes for us in the game when you look in the offensive stat, uh, stat sheets. You know, Coach, one of the things I, I, I always like to ask my coaches, uh, is, is there a learning curve as a coach where you see things differently uh, today as opposed to coaching uh, five, ten years ago? Or, or more more than anything, uh, how have you grown, I guess, as a, as, as a, as a coach, as a play caller uh, since your days in North Carolina Central? Uh, I think, you know, those, what's that, about four years ago with Central, we were having a lot of success. And I was really a high-energy guy, and, you know, I just had to tone it down a bit, I think. You know, um, I, I really put my heart and soul into it. And then, you know, it would be after some games, I would be pretty much tapped out like I played a game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, you talk to older coaches and they always tell you, man, it's just going to come down to the Jimmys and Joes. You know, it comes down to the players. You're trying to put them in the best situation possible because if they're not comfortable with the system that you're doing, you know, you're not going to have much success. So they got to believe in what you're calling. But at the same time, you got to have a good proper uh, young men out there executing plays that you're trying to um, give them to go execute. 
Hey, you know, I, I'm always curious about this, especially with uh, the coaching profession, but like what kind of makes a, a good play caller? I'm always curious if there's a synergy between your offensive staff and yourself. Like when you get into a good groove of, of calling plays, uh, talk to us about that process. I think it's, it comes down to rhythm. You know, it, once you can get into a good rhythm, and you got a good feel of what your your players can do as well. I always try to cater to what, you know, the the 11 guys on the field are going to allow me to do. You know, I can go out there and want to chunk it, uh, you know, 40, 50 times in a game, uh, in a game. But if those guys on the field doesn't allow me to do that, or their talent level doesn't allow me to do that, I got to do what it takes to win a football game. Whether it's run the ball 40 times in a game or throw it 40 times, you know, just want to tr- try to cater to, you know, what your talent allows you to do week in, week out. But I, I think, you know, play count calling comes down to the rhythm of the game, especially with the way, you know, offense is a, everybody's offense now is going to spread this tempo stuff. <laughs> you don't really have a lot of time to think things through. You get that done throughout the week, but when you get into those games and those situations, once you hit that groove and you see what's working, you want to try to stick with it and you know try to keep that rhythm as best as possible. I got you. Right. And coach, obviously, you came when you came back to Jackson State as a coach uh, last year was as quarterback coach. So you got a chance to work directly with Jalen Jones, and you know the fans are really excited about the progression that he showed over the course of last season. So talk a little bit about that, and, and what are your expectations for him next season? With Jalen, you know, um, him coming back from last season, he put a lot on his shoulders to go out there and try to do a lot of things week in week out. You know, the expectation kind of got too big for him at certain times. And that's what I told him, you know, at the end of the season, you know, let's just concentrate on being a good football player, good student athlete, you know, academics and football right now. I think down the road, he's going to develop into that leader. But what people have to realize, Jalen is just 18, you know, so he's still growing. Um, the fo- football part of it, He's about 6'4 right now, 6'3. He's about 215 pounds. One of the best, most gifted athletes I've ever been around. You know, and uh, he's starting to understand what we want him to do schematically with the offense. And he's been taking it in strides and he's doing everything the right way. So I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him moving forward. And like I was saying, it's up to me to get him going in the right direction. You know, not trying to put too much on him as a player and just let him go out there and be the athlete that he is. I mean, when he's on, he's on. I mean, you're looking at a kid that size and runs out of four, four, four. You know, uh, he'll he'll go back and with me, back and forth with me a debate. He plays four or three, but I think it's four, four. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, he can throw the ball well. And he, the, the, the best thing about him, he fits what we want to do offensively. Right. You mm. know, the RPO game and stuff like that. So he really fits to what we want to do offensively. So I think the sky's the limit with him moving forward. Uh, you know, we got a, a good look at Jalen this past season, but uh, talk about the other uh, quarterbacks who are in the quarterback room as well. You talked about uh, uh, Jalen being a fit with the RPO game uh, in terms of what you guys want to do, but talk about the other guys in the room as well. Hey, you got Quincy Casey, another freshman from last year that'd be a sophomore this year to play. Uh, started the first game actually for us against Bethune. Um, more of a pocket guy, you know, that, that's the thing with Quincy. So it'll be more, a little more quick game. Um, you know, lean on the running game a little more. But the thing with Quincy, he can really spin the football, and he's a smart kid. You know, mm-hmm. he really, uh, you know, student of the game. You know, he really wants to be good. Uh, the thing with Quincy as well, what I told him, he has to concentrate on adding a few more pounds to his body. You know, he came in kind of frail around about 174. 
and that he's doing a good job of that. Um, you know, gain weight. He's starting to get a little taller. You know, another young kid that's really got a level of talent that can be a good football player as well. The next one would be Matt Little, uh, transfer from Western Michigan that came in last year, mid-year, a signee. When I got here, he was here. But Matt has all the tools as well. Matt, the good thing about Matt, he's physically he's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you know, 200-plus pounds. Uh, throw the, he can throw the football through a brick wall, I guarantee you. It's just mm-hmm. waiting for him to go ahead and turn the curve. Right. That. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that's a lot of things. A lot of times with those older transfers, you know, they kind of trying to figure it out, you know, trying to figure out the new surroundings, you know, him coming from up north and, you know, he down down in Mississippi, that's a, a shock to mm-hmm. him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to figure out, but still a very, very talented kid. And we have one walk on here, Brandon Mallory from Texas. It's going to be a solid kid to the adept at the position as well. Awesome. Coach, I'm I'm really excited about the skill position. I think, you know, we have a stable of running backs and, you know, several guys who can make a case to start at a lot of other schools, you know, in, in oh, addition yeah. to Jackson State. So, you know, we talked about Keyshawn Harper, Tyson Alexander, Kimo Clark, and not to mention Quentin Brown, the guy who's, who's proven himself, proven that he deserves some carries, and even a Josh Little as well who can make a case to get, get more carries. So how do you, you know, what's the mindset behind, you know, distributing the football with all those running backs? It's, it's a good problem to have. How, how are you kind of going about that? No doubt the deepest position on the offensive side of football is the running back room right now. You you could pretty much close your eyes and go in there and pick one <laughs> and go out there and get some production from those guys. It's going to be an interesting competition there as well, you know, moving forward. You got, uh, like you said, Keyshawn Harper. He, he brings a lot of value. Those two young guys I'm very excited about, Tyson Alexander and Kimo Clark. Very, very explosive running backs, you know. And one thing I know about it, if the passing game is not on, I want to be able to run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that, that leads to winning championships and controlling the clock. And um, like you said, is another one that you got coming back to. Everyone is very loaded, very talented. And then another thing, a lot of those guys have played football on this level. You know what I'm saying? They have played, uh, got a lot of what I call swack hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot mm-hmm. of them have played football. And then what I've been challenging those guys too as well, when you got that kind of depth at that position, they got to be able to make a con- uh, contribution on special teams as well. Right. You know, and that, that's, that's the key to winning football games, I think, is when you got good offensive, defensive players that's making a commitment to playing special teams. So that's what I've really been pressing to those guys. But a very, very, very talented group with the running back position. Coach, flip side of, of talking about the, the running back depth, let's look at the depth at the wide receiver position. I was really impressed with uh, the guys who were able to hit the field last year from Jackson State, and you were able to go out in, in the uh, offseason, the spring season, and bring in a couple more receivers. But kind of talk a little bit about the wide receiver depth at Jackson State. Uh, got some really talented guys out there on the perimeter as well. Um, trying to get to where we, you know, once when I – when I played, you know, we had that size going right. across the board, about mm-hmm. six three across the board, and that's ideally what you want. But if you can't be six three and you have to be five nine six foot, we want you to play six three six four. We definitely got some talented guys out there. A name that I'd like to start with is Dalen Baldwin, a kid that didn't play but transferred in uh, this past season and had to sit out. Um, I mean, he's been having a great spring. He's about six three, two hundred plus. 220 pound receiver. This is going to be. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a stud. 
you know, it's going to really be able to do some special things for us. Um, you got Daniel Crowell's coming back. He's going to be a good football player that we had that just played the football for us this past season as well. Um, Warren Newman, a little guy, he's one that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren, Mike Warren might be 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah, I mean, he plays the game the right way. You know, he plays like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, doesn't mind getting off the, off, the foot, off the ground to go and then attack the football, basically. So, uh, got some guys out there that can really get it done. The signing class we had, Josh Rice came in at the mid-year. We're excited about We got our, our California Juco that's been doing, doing well for us this spring. And also Eric Simmons, yeah, uh, a kid we got from Greenville, uh, high up there in the Delta that I think was a steal in this signing class that you would definitely see make an impact on the field this year, especially you know in the passing game as well. So uh, we got some pieces out there in place that I think that we can really you know make some noise with moving forward this fall. Awesome. All right. And coach, what about the the offensive line? I know that's important for the success of any offense. So just talk to us a little bit about that, and specifically your working re- relationship with Coach Otis Ridley. Uh, Coach Otis, my guy. I didn't know much about him beforehand um, coming in here, but uh, he ended up reaching out to me, and we talked. And from that conversation, we hit it off. You know, if you see me, you see Coach O. If you see Coach O, you see me. And that's the way I think it should be with quarterbacks and O-line guy. That's usually how it goes. But now it's O.C. and O-line guy. You know, you want to keep those dudes close. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you want those guys, uh, quarterbacks and O-line got to be on the same page with protection and stuff. But uh, great coach. Great, uh, did a great job with the O-line this past season. Got the most out of those guys. Got a uh, good group coming back there as well. Um, Start with Cedric Dunbar. He was all conference uh, kid, played for us but got value at all five positions. Um, tremendous pedigree. I played with his dad. His dad was a great punter here at Jackson right. State. Yes, he was. <laughs> it was bigger than any linebacker on the field. Though, but... Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, expecting great things from Sid. And the good thing about Dunbar, he he was just a what a redshirt freshman last year, so he's coming back. Um, Jalen Jones, we was a, was a transfer from junior college up in Coffeyville, played left tackle for it. He's coming back, and he has still has two years eligibility left. And then we had a, a solid signing class there as well. You know, we went over there to Atlanta and signed uh, David Argonne-Cacaro. We're uh, expecting to come in and make an impact. Josh Beatty, his teammate, John Mitchell from Holmes County. So it, it's a cast of characters there, but they know how to go out there and play physical brand of football, which we want to be able to do. And that uh, starts with Coach Hope. A little bit of a philosophical uh, question here, and 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 your time in North Carolina Central well documented three conference titles, uh, birth to the 2016 Celebration Bowl. But I wanted to kind of ask you, kind of what made those teams or that time in North Carolina Central special? And I'm and I'm curious if if uh, this current iteration of, of Jackson State uh, players does it have some of those same qualities? Uh, the thing that made us so special over there was the chemistry. You know, once we established the chemistry and changed the culture, you know, those guys didn't accept nothing less than, you know, victories week in, week out, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that that's what carried us all those years. And I had all this at that central. And we're getting to that here in Jackson State. You know, Coach Hendricks has really been pressing that, you know, the, the chemistry, the culture, and, you know, we're getting the right type of players in here. So moving forward, you know, I can see – us doing the right things right now to get this thing going in the right direction. But that was the main thing that um, 
happiness over there at Central. When we got there in 14, we had to, you know, establish the culture and getting the kids to come together and play good football every week and believe in what the coaches are teaching. I see. Good point. All right. And coach, as we as we record this podcast, we're we're sitting right in the middle of what should be spring practice or the beginning of spring practice. So obviously, right. with, with what's going on in the world, that's not taking place. But how awkward is it being at home right now during spring? Because you've been coaching for the past X amount of years, and I know this is you know big time for you. So how, 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 what is this like for you? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally this is something different that I don't want to get used to. Right. Um. But uh, you have to understand the seriousness of what we're going through right now as a nation right now. So, And that's what I've been telling the kids. You got a lot of kids calling. Coach, when we go, we really say, man, let's get through this, these troubling times mm-hmm. right now. Right. You know, football is football. It's not going nowhere. But, you know, when you got something this serious, this, this uh, coronavirus right now, you, you know, you, I think it's up to 50 cases in the state of Mississippi wow. alone, you know, and, it's just crazy right now, but the, 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 to answer your question, it's very awkward. <laughs> you know, we supposed to be, we should be in our first week of spring ball right now. Here it is. You know, you got coaches, players scattered out across the country right now. But you try mm-hmm. to reach out and you just check on them and see how they're doing. You know, their well-being, doing you know, as far as the conditioning, are they eating right, doing the right things? And then I tell you, the main thing right now is having to make the adjustment to. Not so much, you know, you usually used to walking in classes day every day, but mm-hmm. now these kids have to switch over to online. Right. So that, right. that's going to be a challenge right there in itself, not only for the kids as well as the teachers. You don't have all, you know, X amount of teachers that only that don't teach online that has to switch to online. Yeah. So I, I think it's more of a it's a bigger deal than football right now. Basically, what I'm trying to say, you know, the seriousness of this the seriousness of, of this whole deal. You know, let's get through these troubling times, and I guarantee you, football will still be there. No doubt. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, all we can do is, you know, continue to educate ourselves and continue to do the right things and, most importantly, pray about the situation. And, you know, after we get through this, I know we'll be, you know, that much more excited and ready for some Jackson State football come the fall. Uh, Stronger than ever, man. Stronger than ever. Go Tigers. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Coach, again, thank you for coming on. We look forward to uh, an exciting season of, of Jackson State football. And, uh, again, congratulations and excited to see you calling the plays this season. All right. Thank you, guys. Anytime, man. Uh, it's good to hear from you guys. All right. Thank you for coming on, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. Go Tigers. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users rate and review the show. And everyone follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for the support. And on that note, go Tigers. Hashtag Pack the Vet.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.